Can somebody really be too rich for jail? Hey everybody, welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host, and tonight we're covering the case of Ethan Couch. Ethan was born on April 11th, 1997 to Fred and Tanya Couch. Fred was a millionaire. He, Fred founded a metal roofing company in 1986 called Selburn Metalworks. It did very well, so much that when Tanya got her nursing license revoked from her in 2012, it didn't matter. Ethan grew up in Burleston and attended Anderson Private School. By the age of 13, Ethan was driving himself to school. This made some of the people uneasy at school because um, he's 13, so when they approached his father, his father threatened to buy the school. His parents then withdrew him from Anderson, and he began attending a co-op-based school, and that was nearby Watatuga, until the age of 15, and that's when he was enrolled in a community college. But that's also when he started getting in trouble. At 15, he was caught in a truck. It was parked, but there was a passed-out, naked 14-year-old girl in the passenger seat, and there was alcohol in the car. He was charged with minor in consumption of alcohol and minor in possession of alcohol. He pled no contest and he was sentenced to probation, but he had to take an alcohol awareness class and do 12 hours of community service. But wait, there's more because Ethan was already living on his own at 15 in a 4,000 square foot ranch house. His parents were living in Fort Worth in Lake Oaks Estate. This thing was 3.10 acres with 4,361 square feet, and it had a guard gate. Ethan was supposed to be fixing up the ranch house so they could sell it, but it just ended up being, if anything, a party house. I mean, this thing had a pool. It was nice. I saw the photos online. (laughs) His parents have had their own trouble. In 2013, Tanya was sentenced to a $500 fine and six-month community supervision for reckless driving when she used her vehicle to force another motorist off the road. August 19th of 2014, Fred was arrested for impersonating a police officer. I guess he showed a fake badge during a disturbance call and was later found guilty and sentenced to a year of probation in December of 2016. February 2016, police were called to his home after he allegedly choked his girlfriend, but there was no charges filed. I think it's fair to say that for each one of these offenses, pretty much they've all been slapped on the wrist. There's been no real consequences. No jail time. On the evening of June 15th, 2013, Ethan was seen on surveillance video stealing two cases of beer from a Walmart. It was him and seven other passengers in his red 2012 Ford F-350 pickup. After they stole the beer, they went back to Ethan's house to party. They were drinking beer and Everclear. And it wasn't until an hour later... A girl at the party, Star, and she was the only teen at the party who wasn't drinking. She told Ethan that she needed to go to the convenience store. 
Why she didn't drive, I don't know, but many people told Ethan that he was too drunk to drive, but he didn't listen, and all eight piled in. There was six in the cab of the truck and two in the truck bed. Well, he wasn't alone on this road. Motorist Brianna Mitchell, she was also on that road. Her car had crashed into somebody's home, but it was like the mailbox, but I think it's like one of those in concrete. So Holly Boyles and her daughter Shelby, who are like next door to this house, heard the crash. They came out and they tried to help her. You know, she's 24 years old. She's all shaken up and she just wants to call her mom. So Shelby let her use her cell phone so she could call her mom and let her know that she was okay and what was going on. Also on that road was Minister Brian Jennings. He was on his way back from his son Evan's high school graduation party. They had loaded up all the tables and the folding chairs that they borrowed from the church for the party and they wanted to take them back. As he was coming down the road, he saw Brianna and he decided he was going to help too. But he wasn't alone. He had 12-year-old Lucas McConnell and his friend Isaiah McLaughlin in the car too. But when he pulled over to help, he told them just sit tight in the car. And he said it would only be a minute for them to keep their seatbelts on. And now we got Ethan, highly intoxicated, barreling down this two-lane country road. He decides it's a good idea to start playing chicken with the oncoming cars. Well, when he swerved the car to go back in his lane, something happened with the tires. And according to the Tarrant County Assistant Criminal District Attorney, Richard Elpert, his truck then swerved off the road and into Brianna Mitchell's car. Dan crashed into Pastor Jennings' parked car, which in turn hit an oncoming Volkswagen Beetle. This caused Ethan's truck to flip over and struck a tree. Brianna Mitchell... Ryan Jennings, Holly Boyles, and Shelby Boyles were dead on the scene. Ethan and his seven passengers, none of them, by the way, were wearing seatbelts. They all survived, although one is paralyzed. When people started showing up at the scene, because people that were at the party, the McLaughlins, their parents were at the party. Everyone had to pass this on their way home. They said there were bodies everywhere. There was bodies in ditches. They found things a hundred yards away, okay? Like, this was a huge accident. They estimated that he had to be going about 70 miles per hour, and they said that his foot never touched the brake. Ethan was found at the scene trying to walk away, and they had to stop him. Kept trying to tell them that he was good. One passerby came to check on him because they wanted to see if anybody was alive. And Ethan told him, hey, dude, don't worry about it. I can get you out of this. So see, he already has it in his head. Money is no object. It doesn't matter. His father, Fred, was arrested for a DUI in 1992. He told his arresting police officer, I make more in a day than you do in a year. When they took him to the hospital, did all these tests, his alcohol was three times over the limit. For an adult, his blood alcohol content was 0.24. He also tested positive for marijuana and Vicodin. So you know he was fucked up. He did not need to be behind the wheel at all. I don't know why that girl didn't drive. 
When they were done at the scene, they had a final count of four dead and nine were severely injured. Ethan only had a scratch on him, on his chest and on his cheek. I don't know how that's possible. Ethan was charged with four counts of intoxication manslaughter and two counts of intoxication assault. Tarrant County prosecutors were seeking a maximum sentence of 20 years. When they went in front of the judge, a psychologist that was hired as an expert by the defense, G. Dick Miller, he testified in court that the teen was a product of affluenza and he was unable to link his actions with the consequences because his parents, they didn't teach him any. What they taught him was that wealth buys privilege. Part of his sentencing was to include substance abuse and mental health rehab at Newport Academy. This is an upscale residential treatment center in Newport Beach, California, with cost upwards of $450,000 annually. Holy shit. But Judge Jean Boyd had other ideas. Instead, she sentenced Ethan to 10 years probation and ordered him to undergo therapy at a long-term inpatient facility at an unspecified lockdown rehab facility at his parents' expense. So it's an unspecified facility. The length of time was unspecified. But, I mean, he was ordered to stay away from drugs and alcohol and driving. A hearing on April 11th in 2014 revealed that on February 19th, 2014, Ethan had began treatment at the North Texas State Hospital. It was a state-owned inpatient mental health facility in Vernon, Texas. The daily rate for this treatment facility is $715, but his parents were ordered to pay just $1,170 a month for his stay there. And that was based on a sliding scale payment schedule. The amount ordered is the maximum allowed on the payment schedule. Ethan would come to make a very crucial mistake. A video was leaked online on December 11th of 2015. Ethan was at a party doing what teenagers do. They're playing beer pong and they're drinking. Problem with that? It's against your probation. When his parole officer tried to reach out, he couldn't find him. So on December 18th, he became the subject of a manhunt and he was listed in the National Fugitive Database. Police were able to kind of piece together that Ethan wasn't on the run by himself. His mother was missing too. But on December 28th of 2015, him and his mom were discovered and arrested in Mexico. They transported them to the immigration offices in Guadalajara so they could come back to the United States. But Ethan had a delay, and he was transported to a detention facility in Mexico City while his mother was deported on December 30th. She flew into the Los Angeles International Airport, and she was arrested upon arrival. They arrested her for felony charge of hindering apprehension of a felon. She was initially being held on a $1 million bail, but after her transfer to Tarrant County, a judge dropped her bail to $75,000, and she was released on January 12th. Ethan was sent back to the United States on January 28th of 2016 where he was held in custody before appearing at the hearing on February 19th. And this was going to be regarding his original probation case, 
And now he was being transferred to an adult. He was no longer a juvenile. On April 13th, 2016, he was sentenced to four consecutive terms of 180 days in jail, which is 720 days in total. His parents ended up getting a divorce in 2017. When he was released from jail on April 2nd of 2018, he was required to wear an ankle monitor and an alcohol detection patch. And he had to submit to drug testing and a 9 p.m. curfew. He was allowed to drive, though, as long as he had a video-equipped interlock ignition device installed in his vehicle. What this does is you can't start your car unless you can pass the breathalyzer test. On March 18th, 2019, a Tarrant County judge allowed Ethan to remove the GPS ankle monitor, but the other conditions of his probation were staying the same. He was still going to be on probation. He still had to stay away from alcohol and drugs. But the Tarrant County District Attorney's Office said that they were never notified about that decision. And on January 2nd of 2020, Ethan was rearrested, accused of violating his probation. Turns out he tested positive for THC, but he was released one day later because authorities couldn't determine what it came from. They didn't know if it came from, like, actual smoking it or if it was oil-based. Five lawsuits were filed by the families of the four victims and the two passengers. Since the truck that Ethan was driving was registered under Fred, they were able to come after him since he was the truck's registered owner. So therefore, they went after his sheet metal business. The Boyles family, they filed a lawsuit for the loss of Holly and Shelby. Brianna Mitchell's mother had a lawsuit. The Jennings family, the McConnell family, because their son Lucas was in the Jennings car. Also, the McLaughlin family, because they had Isaiah in the car when it happened. And Sergio Molina's mother, he was a passenger in Ethan's car, and they were the ones who actually filed first. He was riding in the bed of the truck, and he suffered a traumatic brain injury. His medical expenses exceeded an estimated amount of $600,000, and it could go up to $10 million if he ends up needing around-the-clock care. Five of the six suits, all except for the McLaughlin suit because they wanted to actually go to court, everybody was consolidated in January in 2014 so they could save the court costs. The McLaughlin and the Mitchell suits were settled out of court by March of 2014. Sergio Molina's family reached an out-of-court settlement in May of 2014. So by November of 2014, all the suits had been settled, except for the suit by the McConnells. But they ended up settling in October of 2015. Sergio Molina was paralyzed, and now he can only communicate by blinking his eyes. That is so sad. When they finally tested his blood, if they would have taken his blood when he got to the hospital, how high would that have been? If after three hours of all of this happening, it's still at a 0.24%, that's insane. That is an obscene amount of alcohol. His parents are dubbed the worst parents in the world 
They didn't teach him right from wrong. They taught him you can do what you want because money buys everything. And apparently it does because nobody did any jail time except for him. But it wasn't worth taking four lives. I don't think this is the last we're going to hear from him. He has until 2024. He's going to mess up again. If your son did this and he killed four people, injured many Would you go on the run with him? Would you protect him like his mother did? I'm curious. I want to know what you guys think about this. This case is just disturbing in so many ways. It just shows you the greed of the world. Money talks. When all these families were broken, didn't matter. All right, that's enough for tonight, or I'm just going to keep rattling on. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Check out the website, crimeovercocktails.com. You can listen to the episodes right there. You can check out the merch, or if you want to help support the show, there are many ways to do so there. All right, you guys, we'll talk crime another time. Bye.